Okay, welcome to the first edition of the Santa Barbara Mac User Group podcast. My name is Harold Adams. I'm here with Brian Carlin and Ian Lessing. We're going to be bringing you this show once a week. See, I jumped right in there and you said hello, Brian. So go ahead. Say hi, Brian. Oh, hi. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and hello from me, too. Okay, there you go. There you go. And we should say that we're all in separate locations. Yeah. uh, I'm here in Lompoc. Brian's in Santa Maria and Ian's in Santa Barbara. Lucky Ian. Um, and we are uh, trying to do something with a little more frequency with the uh, Mac user group and uh, get something where we can do this remotely and pull a nice show together for you guys. So we're giving it a shot. And we've kind of decided that we'd have sort of a casual format and pull together a few news stories and just sort of do a little roundtable thing and see where it goes. So, Brian, why don't you start us off? What do you, What's on the table with you? Oh, thanks. I get to be first. Well, good luck trying to find an iPhone around the country. Uh, iPhone shortages reported across the United States, at least as of April uh, April 1st, um, the the supplies are running out. So something is going to happen. That means we're going to get new hardware pretty soon. So what do you think about the hardware situation? Well, I hope they have a really nice improvement on the camera, on the iPhone. I want a higher resolution camera. Oh, more res- more pixels, okay. More pixels, better focus, etc. Now, Ian, you have an iPod Touch. It it doesn't even, it doesn't have a camera, is that correct? Well, that's one of the reasons is because I was like, you no, know, I saw some of the pictures that came from that iPhone. I was like, oh, I don't think I'll wait. Oh, well, you that, that and the price tag. Right, 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 right. Well, um, Brian and I were talking earlier today, and I'll say it again right now that a 3G iPhone in and of itself, uh, I don't think is going to be all that sexy. Um, they're going to want to introduce a, a 3G iPhone in conjunction with some features that really utilize uh, a higher speed network, possibly like some type of video chat, which we've been hearing about as well for the, the next generation of the iPhone. That'd be awesome. Oh, right. So the, so the camera on the iPhone might do video, not just still. That'd be great. Well, the biggest improvement to the iPhone this year is going to be all the third-party apps. In fact, uh, young non-Mac owners want applications. Um, so that's the that's the big news item for this year. Uh, yeah, the- I think you're right there. That's exactly spot on. It's when, when they start having third-party apps on the iPhone, it's just going to take off. It's true. I'm, I'm with you guys. It's It's a great thing to see happening. There's so many areas of interest. There's so many different people developing games and and productivity applications and just so many things. It's going to be coming in from a thousand different points. It's going to be great that way. There you go. Well, would you guys like to see the iPhone be able to print a Safari web page to a printer? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't it do that already? Yeah. Yeah. That's a shocker. There's there's a few features that even my wife has, has mentioned to me and stuff that that it's just kind of like, God, why doesn't it do that? It should do that. <laughs> so, you know, like even being able to record your voice, you, you could like hit a little button and it, you could say, uh, don't forget to pick up milk from the store. You could that's, like re- record a little memo. That should yeah. have been the original feature on the first iPhone. So the 3G thing. Does does that mean that they would have a different carrier than AT&T? 
Well, um, I'll, I'll jump in. I think we were talking about that the other day, Brian, is that um, with, with cell phone networks, there are two kind of weird terms that different kinds of networks use. One is an older style network. It's called CDMA, and Verizon and Sprint use that, I believe. But most of the rest of the world uses a thing called a GSM network, and AT&T is GSM, and so is T-Mobile, and it's a lot more prevalent in Europe, and it's kind of the forward direction that's happening even here in the States. So Verizon doesn't have a 3G network. They have some weird thing called EDVO, I think. And um, I don't think Verizon's ever going to have a 3G network. So Apple may be tied to AT&T in even some additional ways that we don't even really see. But I think as the, as the network growth occurs, it's going to be Apple's going to be working with AT&T pretty pretty definitely as time goes by is my opinion you guys what do you think well i don't i don't know what didn't none of those uh letters you were saying sounded like they were jiving so we're talking 3g on the iphone and then you said that at&t had a gsm network where does the 3g come in and what does that relate to 3g gsm and and cdma as far as i know 3g is a faster network that that works as part of the GSM style of, of network offering uh, okay. that, that these companies use. EDVO is some high-speed thing that's available on the other kind of cell network, that CDMA thing that Verizon has. I hope anybody who's listening to this show uh, hasn't fallen asleep for how with all the technical terms, but <laughs> there's different kinds of networks out there, and that's kind of what we're talking about. So... Um, 3G is something that's going to be kind of uh, more harmonious and closely related to where AT&T is going and what they are offering. Brian, can you uh, agree, or what do you think? Oh, I was taking a little nap, but I do have a question for you. Um, um, Does this mean that uh, Verizon cannot do 3G at all on any phone? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not I'm not someone who could could give you an affirmative answer on that. I think the answer is that they cannot, but someone who knows a little more than me would have to confirm. Okay. The so bottom line for the end user is, if Apple goes with a 3G thing, it's going to be faster than than the Edge network. That's awesome. And our next topic, um, <laughs> let's go to this. Um, iTunes announced the largest retail offering. They're now the number one retailer of music in the United States. Now, there's some discrepancy about what that exactly means, but the bottom line is they are selling a heck of a lot of music out of that iTunes music store online. What do you guys think? That's incredible. Well, are they counting? Are they not counting actual uh, plastic CDs being sold? Uh, are they just counting downloads or... Uh... Or, uh, I think it's accounting against anybody. I think anybody. They, what they what they outstripped this week or last week was Walmart. Well, um, just to elaborate on where what you said, Brian, what I heard is that to make it fair, because obviously iTunes sells songs a lot of time in a one at a time scenario, and people go in there and cherry pick the music and whatever. Um, I think the the benchmark they use is that 12 singles purchased 
equals one CD. So that's the number I heard is 12. So every time iTunes sells 12 songs, even if they're by different artists or whatever, that is counted by the people who are keeping track of this thing as one CD. Okay. Okay. In any case, it's a huge number of songs. I mean, that's incredible. That is incredible. That's pretty I mean, awesome. I just, just think of a couple of years ago, and you, you know, most of the people would buy things only on CD. There must be a huge conversion. Yes, because my uh, resistance to purchasing songs is way lower now than it used to be. I, I, I don't think even think twice about going in and grabbing 10 songs that I want to hear and putting it in my uh, iPod. So that's, uh, um, you know, I might not go buy a whole album, but I will buy 10 completely unrelated songs and throw them in there. There you go. It's becoming second nature. It's incredible. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Ian, hit us with one. So the ones that I was uh, that I thought of were interesting, um, and this is a little bit old. Uh, there's this browser out. It's for the Mac. It's called Flock. F L O C K. I don't know if you guys have tried it, hmm. but it's billed as the social networking browser. And if you if you download it and try it out, you you'll see. But uh, it really helps you. If you do a lot of these, um, if you do a lot of Facebook or Flickr or stuff like that, it's got sort of built-in uh, drawers and things that slide out that let you deal with with Facebook. So you're not sort of stuck with the traditional web browser window, and you can look at your Facebook stuff or your Flock or your uh, Flickr account and your pictures, and and it all looks uh, it's sort of much more accessible and easy to use than it is with a regular browser. Ian, are you running it now? Uh, let's see, do I have a window open on it? No, not at the moment, but I'll fire it up here. Oh, so but you have downloaded it and you're actually using it. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, it's we need cool. to we need to talk about that at a meeting when we do our Facebook night. So does this mean that Facebook has basically um, destroyed MySpace? Has basically beaten them? I think they're sort of equal in numbers. Uh Facebook is is a lot different than than MySpace. I don't know if you've yeah. ever tried either one, but, but Facebook is I don't know the interface just looks a whole lot different. I use them both, and uh, basically I found some usefulness about uh, finding people that I rarely talk to or or from way in my past. But uh, there's just too much silliness on Facebook for me. Um, you know, MySpace is quite different, so. It just depends on who's using what system. So you kind of got to use both. The thing I like about Facebook the most is the status. So people, you know, your friends and family put put their little status up there. And you can just easily look, you know, whenever you, like when I just opened up Flock just now, I can see all the status updates from all my friends and family. So and it's kind of like instant messaging. It gives you the, the feedback right then. Yeah. Yeah. Except that it's sort of something they put up, you know, they said what they're doing or where they're okay. going and, you know, what they're thinking about. And it's kind of just a neat little way to keep track of people. And it's nice that's when your family sort of scattered out all over the country. It's interesting because that's the one thing I don't fill out on my Facebook. I never tell anybody my status. <laughs> but I figure nobody's reading it, so 
maybe well, I will. <laughs> you better send me a, a I'm gonna look for you, Brian, and then I'll subscribe and then I'll I'll poke you and tell you to Yeah, there you, you go. <laughs> there you go. Just We're having a poke. Facebook face off here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Um my my kids use both Facebook and MySpace. I am terribly uninvolved and I would like to maybe get to know a little bit more about those. My take on it so far from what I hear them talk about is that MySpace is a little bit more for maybe um, junior high and high school, and Robert thinks uh, Facebook's more for the college crowd. So, well, Facebook really? started out as an, as an educational-only thing. You had to have a .edu email address to even get on Facebook, you know, a year or two ago. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Boy, that has that sure changed. <laughs> yeah, that's now it's open to everybody. Yeah. Okay, so I got one here that I'll mention. Um, I just did a screen capture off of a web page, and as we have these conversations, I just have to say that if you can just kind of find a page with a little story and you just sort of capture it and throw it over on your desktop, then you can just pop it open. It's just sort of a picture, and this one shows President Bush using his iPod, and he's uh, talking about downloading Beatles music, and I know that... Um, George Bush does have an iPod, and uh, I guess this is talking a little bit about how he's playing Beatles, and the story here talks about whether it's legal or not for him to have Beatles on his iPod. Da, da, da. There you go. Okay. I, think we, I think that's for impeachment right there. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I think, that I think that's the least of his offenses. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's all he's done, and it's not that big of a deal. So. Okay, and then I'll, I'll go to a more uh, suitable one here. Um, I recently, finally, downloaded a program that I love and still use a lot. is called Carbon Copy Cloner, and I downloaded what came out recently is a Leopard-compatible version of that program. Now, um, I'm not using Time Machine yet. I'm wondering what you guys think about Time Machine, and I'm still using Carbon Copy Cloner. And by the way, that software is by a company called Bombitch Software. Bombitch Software. Okay, I think it's bombitch.com. You can look them up on Google. But Carbon Copy or Super Duper Time Machine, what are you guys using? Oh, boy. I'm, I, I just haven't uh, used anything. So I, I'm not even, I haven't run Time Machine at all. And I have a, a, a carbon copy cloner backup from six months ago. So there you go. Oh, Brian, you're okay. living on the Yeah, that's on pretty gnarly. I'm living the wildlife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one little nudge and you go over the cliff, buddy. That's right. But I do have stuff distributed on three Macs, so only one's going to break down in the next uh, whenever. <laughs> oh, that helps, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I just started using... Time Machine, and it is great. I really like it. Uh, I don't keep my, my drive plugged in all the time, uh, but I do it you know once every day or every other day at least, and it's great. You just plug the drive in, and it backs up, and then you eject the drive and turn it off, and, and there. And I've already used it to go back and find an old version of a file that I you know, made changes to and, and needed to look at something that, the way it was before. It's just great. Wow. Let me ask you this, Ian. You're using Time Machine, and how big of a hard drive, a secondary or your external drive, What what is the size that you had to get? Did you have to get a really super big one, gigabytes, or what? 
Well, what I I've got a 500 gig drive in my iMac. That's big. And yeah. I thought, well, I, I want to be able to back up everything on that and some more. So you want to be able to have, you know, old versions of files. Yeah. So, so I got a 700 gig hard drive. Okay. But I, that's what I'm I not using thinking. that much of it. I'm using like a third or a half of it. So well, that's because that's you haven't filled the 500 gig drive yet. Right. Oh, in, yeah. In time, in time, it'll fill up. You know, I've only been doing this for, you know, a few weeks. So it's... It'll fill up over time, but it is a great luxury, I can tell you. Yeah, I was thinking that a backup drive is going to have to be two or three times uh, the size of one of your uh, in internal hard drives. And so I was thinking maybe I should get one of those time capsules with the uh, N network. I have a G network now, uh, so the an N router with, uh, with a one terabyte drive on it. Seems like a good idea. I mean, if you can afford it, more storage is always better. Right, right. If you were to, um, if you had a, let's say you had two laptops and they were both 100 gig laptops, and let's say that you bought a 500 gig external drive and you partitioned it so that it was, it, it had two volumes on it. Each of them are like 250 gig. I guess that one external could be a nice time machine drive for both of your laptops, true or false? That's true. Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't partition it though, because you could you could uh it could keep track of two different computers stacked up with time machine. I, I don't, don't know think... if time machine will work that way. I think it wants to only see one volume per computer. No, no, Brian is right. Oh, okay. You can you can back up multiple computers to one time machine volume. Wow. Even over the network. Could we replay that recording? It says Brian is right. Brian is right. Yeah, that would be, we'll do that at the start of every show. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it. This was our um, attempt here for April of the Santa Barbara Mac User Group uh, audio podcast. And we're going to keep trying to bring you guys other shows and kind of making some cool things happen. So we're going to sign off right now. Go ahead and say goodbye, you guys. Uh, goodbye, guys. Okay. We'll see you next time. Hang in there, everybody. Talk to you soon.